This is episode 463 of the AWS podcast, released on August 1st, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lesh here with you. Great to have you back. And of course, I'm joined by Nikki Stone. G'day, Nikki. Good. Great. Happy to be here, as always. Now, on the date of this recording, I'm in a hard lockdown in Melbourne, which means I'm recording from my kitchen table with lashed together gear because all my good gear is in the office and I'm not in the office, nor can I go to the office. So we're muddling through. So apologies for any audio issues. I do hope uh, it works out okay. But without any further ado, let's jump right in. Let's talk about the AWS Marketplace. So AWS License Manager has announced distribution to AWS Organizations ID for AWS Marketplace customers. So what this means is that you can now use managed entitlements to enable buyers to govern, track, and distribute entitlements from a centrally managed license. So this makes it easy to get access to your marketplace uh, licenses all the way through your organizations. And also accounts joining the AWS organization will automatically receive the licenses that were previously distributed. Similarly, granted licenses via organization ID will be revoked from accounts that are no longer part of the AWS organization. Moving on to the topic of analytics, Amazon HealthLake is now GA. I did actually a launch episode on this one. So if you want to dive deep with me on Amazon HealthLake, uh, go check that out. But it is now GA. It is a HIPAA-eligible service that enables healthcare providers, health insurance companies, and pharmaceutical companies to securely store, transform, query, and analyze health data at petabyte scale. It removes the heavy lifting of organizing, indexing, and structuring patient information to provide a complete view of the health of individual patients and patient populations in a secure, compliant, and auditable manner. It's definitely really cool, so definitely go check out the show for a deeper dive. And then there are new data sets available on the Registry of Open Data. Um, there are 44 new data sets available. I'm just going to list the categories. Where That's there a lot of new is... data sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to list the categories here of where there is new data in case you're interested in checking it out. But some of the notable ones that I see here are like COVID-19. It's like there's new data there. Agriculture, climate and weather. I mean, climate change, big deal. Energy, geospatial, life sciences, and then machine learning. Definitely check out all those new data sets if those are of interest to you. We're happy to announce the availability of event-driven workflows with AWS Glue and Amazon EventBridge. So customers often use AWS Glue workflows to create and visualize complex ETL workflows, our old friend, the heavy lifting and moving data around, involving multiple crawlers, jobs, and triggers. Now, AWS Glue now supports event-driven workflows, which is a new capability that lets you start AWS Glue workflows based on the events delivered by Amazon EventBridge. So with this new integration, you can trigger a data integration workflow using events generated from your applications, integrated software as a service applications and AWS services. So for example, customers can trigger a data integration workflow as soon as 100 files land in an S3 bucket. This is all kinds of customization, so you can make it really, really cool. AWS Glue Data Brew now supports writing prepared data directly into JDBC-supported destinations. So this is really good in terms of writing cleaned and normalized data straight into your database or data warehouse without having to move large amounts of data into intermediary data stores. So you can now configure things like Amazon Redshift, Snowflake, Microsoft SQL Server, MySQL, Oracle Database, and PostgreSQL. That makes things quicker. And AWS Glue Data Brew also has added the ability to specify which data quality statistics are generated for your data sets. So this allows users to customize data profile statistics, such as determining 
duplicate values, correlations, and outliers based on the nature and size of the data sets and create a custom data profile overview with only the statistics that meet their needs. We're happy to announce automatic revision publishing for AWS Data Exchange. So providers using Data Exchange can now publish new revisions to their data products very easily. Before this launch, providers were required to take both finalization and publishing steps to add new revisions to products. Additionally, if a revision was included in multiple products, providers had to take other publishing actions for each individual product they wanted to update. With automatic revision publishing, providers can now publish revisions to products in one step instead of two, and this capability makes it easy to add individual revisions to multiple products. So for providers managing frequent revision updates, automatic revision publishing will save a significant amount of time and effort. Moving on, Amazon Athena has announced Data Source Connector for Power BI. So with the July release of Microsoft Power BI Desktop, you can now create reports and dashboards using a built-in Microsoft Certified Connector for Athena. It also makes it possible for customers using Power BI for business intelligence to leverage their Amazon S3 data lake and federated data sources to analyze, visualize, and share insights with Power BI. To enable analysis at scale, the connector supports BI Direct Query to query only the necessary data and can produce faster loading visualizations. You can also choose to import the full data set if appropriate for your analysis. After publishing content to the Power BI service, you can keep it up to date through on-demand or scheduled refreshes using the July release of Power BI Gateway. Athena wasn't quite finished. They also have expanded their Apache Hootie support. They've updated their integration with Apache Hootie to support new features and the latest 0.8.0 community release. Hootie is an open source data management framework used to simplify incremental data processing in S3 data lakes. And this updated integration enables you to use Athena to query Hootie 0.8.0 tables managed via Amazon EMR, Apache Spark, Hive, or other compatible services and includes new support for snapshot queries and reading bootstrapped tables. Lots and lots of updates in there. Moving on to the topic of application integration. Amazon MQ now supports updating the maintenance window time. So you can now update the maintenance window start time for your Amazon MQ brokers. Now, every Amazon MQ broker has a weekly two-hour maintenance window during which changes are applied. These changes can include broker version updates, configuration changes, or patching of the operating system and other system software. The maintenance window gives you control over when these changes occur in the event either are requested or required. You can minimize downtime during maintenance by using multi-AZ brokers, and the maintenance window start time can be changed using the console, CLI, or API. On to the topic of blockchain. Amazon QLDB now supports customer-managed KMS keys. So you can now use those keys to encrypt data at rest, and you can encrypt QLDB ledgers with keys created and controlled exclusively in your account with key policy audits and key lifecycle management managed by you, the customer. With this feature, you can meet data security standards that require encryption using customer-managed keys. It gives you lots more options. And another quick update is a new AWS solutions implementation. This is tamper-proof quality data using Amazon QLDB. Data tampering is costly for manufacturing companies. Quality data, such as the results of quality tests or the temperature of factory devices, is especially vulnerable. This solutions implementation prevents attackers from tampering with quality data by using Amazon QLDB to maintain an accurate history of data changes. Amazon QLDB implements cryptographic hashing for all documents and revisions of the documents written to the database. Moving on to the topic of compute, 
uh, Amazon VPC customers can now assign IP prefixes to their EC2 instances. So VPC now allows you to assign IPv4 and IPv6 prefixes to your EC2 instances, which enables you to scale and simplify the management of your container and networking apps that require multiple IP addresses on an instance. So many container orchestrators require each container workload to have a unique IP address. This feature allows you to assign hundreds or even thousands of IP addresses to an instance, thereby increasing the number of containers that you can host in an instance. Assigning prefixes to your instance also simplifies the management of your VPCs as you can launch and terminate containers without having to orchestrate individual IP assignments. So a small but very important update for containers. Amazon EKS and EKS Distro now support Kubernetes version 1.21 which is currently the latest available stable version of upstream Kubernetes. Highlights of this version include cron jobs, immutable secrets, and config maps reaching stable status, and graceful node shutdown graduating to beta. Of course, you can always look more information on version 1.21. Uh, there's an additional note here on version 1.17 support. So EKS provides support for at least four Kubernetes versions at any given time. So that's 1.17, 1.18, 1.19, 1.20, and 1.21 are all fully supported by EKS today. And new clusters can be started using any of those releases. However, given the Kubernetes recurrent release cycle, you also have to have an ongoing upgrade plan. So version 1.17 will reach end of support on November 2nd, 2021. On this day, you'll no longer be able to create new 1.17 clusters and all existing EKS clusters running version 1.17 will eventually need to be updated to the latest available platform version of at least 1.18. So obviously it's recommended that you upgrade now or at least start thinking about upgrading to 1.18 as soon as possible. Another update here for Kubernetes, AWS Private Certificate Authority has introduced integration with Kubernetes. So Private Certificate Authority now supports an open source plugin for Cert Manager that offers a more secure certificate authority solution for Kubernetes containers. Customers who use Cert Manager for application certificate lifecycle management can now use this solution to improve security over the default Cert Manager CA, which stores keys in plain text in server memory. Customers with regulatory requirements for controlling access to and auditing their CA operations can use this solution to improve auditability and support compliance. Kubernetes containers and applications use digital certs to provide secure authentication encryption over TLS. And then, of course, with this plugin, Cert Manager requests TLS certs from private CA, which is a highly available, auditable, and managed CA that secures CA keys using FIPS-validated hardware security modules. This integration supports certificate automation for TLS in a range of configurations, including at the ingress, on the pod, and mutual TLS between pods. You can use the private CA issuer plugin with Amazon EKS or on Kubernetes on-prem. Very nifty. Announcing availability of Red Hat Enterprise Linux with Microsoft SQL Server for Amazon EC2. So customers can now combine the scale, performance, and elasticity of Amazon EC2 with the consistency, reliability, and high performance of Microsoft SQL Server on Red Hat Enterprise Linux to deploy mission-critical transactional systems and data warehouses. Amazon EC2 now also supports custom time windows for scheduled events. So this gives you the flexibility to specify weekly recurring time windows for events that reboot, stop, or terminate EC2 instances. AWS schedules infrequent events such as a reboot, stop, or termination for EC2 instances when it detects irreparable failure of the underlying host, or it must perform tasks such as maintaining the underlying host. 
With the flexibility to specify event windows, customers can set up scheduled events for their EC2 instances to occur during off-peak periods. And customers can also align these time windows with their internal maintenance schedules. It's also really useful for software vendors to optimize time windows for scheduled events based on their customers' preferences. Amazon Lightsail now offers object storage for storing static content. So this is useful for things like images, videos, or HTML files in an object storage that can be used for your websites and applications. And it can be associated with your Lightsail CDN distribution with a few simple clicks, making it quick and easy to accelerate the delivery of your content to a global audience. EC2 Image Builder now supports parameters in components for creating custom images. So Image Builder components, which are a set of documents that enable image customization in EC2 Image Builder, now supports parameters as an input in the image build process. So you can reuse your existing component investments in EC2 Image Builder to create different custom images by easily passing component parameters such as installation directory or software version to the image recipe. So this makes it a lot easier to use. Nice. Moving on to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Kendra has released a WorkDocs connector. So as a reminder, Kendra is an intelligent search service powered by machine learning, which enables organizations to provide relevant information to customers and employees when they need it. With this new feature, customers can now index and search documents from Amazon WorkDocs. As so critical information, of course, can be scattered across multiple data sources in enterprise, including sources like Amazon WorkDocs. So now you can use the Amazon Kendra WorkDocs connector to index any documents that you have stored in your WorkDocs repositories and search for information across this content using Kendra's intelligent search. And lastly, for this topic, Amazon Connect has added Columbia phone numbers. So Connect now supports claiming local toll-free and direct inward dial phone numbers in Columbia in the U.S. East 1 and U.S. West 2 regions. These new local telephony services enable you to support your end customers in Colombia. Moving on to the topic of database, a few updates there. Amazon RDS cross-region automated backups has expanded to multiple new regions. In fact, too many to name. This feature extends the existing RDS backup functionality, giving you the ability to set up automatic replication of system snapshots and transaction logs from a primary AWS region to a secondary AWS region. For Amazon RDS for Oracle and Amazon RDS for Postgres, these backups are encrypted using an AWS KMS customer master key in the destination region. Currently, the encrypted backups are not supported for Amazon RDS for SQL Server. Now, this capability is really handy because it gives you the ability to recover point-in-time databases in other regions very, very quickly. It takes away a whole of the undifferentiated heavy lifting of doing cross-region backups. Another update for Amazon RDS, Amazon RDS for SQL Server now supports new minor versions for SQL Server 2017 and 2016. It's always good to keep up to date, get those nasty bugs out of the way, so make sure you update. And finally, AWS Systems and Manager Automation now supports upgrade of SQL Server 2012. Now, I remember when 2012 was new, and now it's very, very old. And what, <laughs> <laughs> what this does is it enables customers to upgrade SQL Server 2012 or later on Amazon EC2. Now, remember, Microsoft SQL Server 2012 will reach extended end of support on the 7th of December 2022. Customers can use the automation runbook to easily upgrade SQL Server 2012 to newer supported versions such as 2014, 2016, 2017, and 2019. And so these runbooks will create an AMI from the instance running SQL Server 2012 or later, launches a temporary instance from the new AMI, and then performs an upgrade to a newer supported version. 
After the upgrade, the automation runbook creates a new AMI from the temporary instance, then terminates the temporary instance. It sounds pretty cool. It's definitely worth taking a look. Yeah, that sounds like a really important update if you're still running SQL Server 2012. Uh, Moving on to, of course, my favorite topic, developer tools. So the SAM CLI has simplified CI-CD configuration for serverless applications, and you can now create continuous integration and deployment pipelines that follow your organization's best practices uh, with AWS SAM pipelines. It is a new feature of the CLI that gives you access to the benefits of CI-CD in minutes, and SAM pipelines comes with a set of default pipeline templates for popular CI-CD systems such as CloudBees, CI Jenkins, GitLab, CI-CD, GitHub Actions, and AWS CodeBuild and CodePipeline that follow AWS deployment best practices. I love this because I love the SAM CLI and I love how many different integrations they're giving a right at announcement. So creating pipelines that can deploy software safely and then of course follow your organization's requirements is obviously complex and time consuming. And so you can use the CLI now to get up and running with CI-CD in, in just minutes and realize the benefits of CI-CD on day one of your projects. And lastly for this topic, the app mesh contracts for CDK are now generally available. So the app mesh constructs module for CDK is uh, service contracts that simplify provisioning of app mesh resources into your CDK infrastructure stacks. Strongly typed interface, of course, makes it easy to select the appropriate configurations for your mesh, as well as integrate with other supported AWS services. Love the CDK. So this is a great new high-level construct to get started with App Mesh. Moving on to the topic of the Internet of Things, a bunch of updates here. Amazon SageMaker Edge Manager now integrates with AWS IoT Greengrass to simplify deployment to fleets of Edge services. So Amazon SageMaker Edge Manager allows you to optimize, secure, monitor, and maintain machine learning models on fleets of smart cameras, robots, personal computers, and mobile devices. And with SageMaker Edge Manager, you can use your own model deployment mechanism to bring model packages to Edge devices. Now, starting now, you can also integrate it with AWS IoT Greengrass version 2, allowing you to deploy your ML model packages and Edge Manager agents, the on-device inference engine of Edge Manager, to fleets of Edge devices easily. So prior to this, you had to manually copy the agent and this whole bunch of fiddling around. Well, no longer, no more. You can just get up and running quickly. Quick update for free RTOS AWS reference integrations and now include the free RTOS 2021-12.01 LTS libraries, long-term support, always a good thing when you have devices out in the field. AWS IoT Core now supports VPC endpoints, so you can now create private IoT Core data endpoints in your VPC using interface VPC endpoints, and this allows you to communicate to those endpoints without transiting any internet traffic at all. AWS IoT SiteWise is also expanding its transforms and formula expressions capability. Now, AWS IoT SiteWise is a managed service that makes it easy to collect, store, organize, and monitor data from industrial equipment at scale and help you make better data-driven decisions. Now, there are some new enhancements to allow you to support transforms containing more than one variable. And AWS IT SiteWise calculates a new transform data point each time any of the input properties receive a new value. So, for example, to monitor parts quality near real time, you can create a transform with multiple variables, good count and bad count, which count the number of good parts and bad parts are produced respectively. The transform outputs caution or normal based upon the fraction of bad parts produced. A whole bunch of capabilities you can do with this. It's pretty cool. 
And another quick update for AWS IoT SiteWise, it has launched support for AWS PrivateLink for control plane APIs. Again, this means you can use APIs and endpoints that do not transit the internet in any way. Awesome. Moving on to the topic of machine learning, customers can now view all the labels supported by Amazon recognition. I actually thought this one was really interesting. So, you know, we, of course, use label detection with recognition, which makes it easy for customers to detect thousands of objects, scenes, actions, or concepts found in an image or video based on its contents. So now customers can download the list of supported labels and object bounding boxes from either the documentation page or from the label detection tab of the Amazon recognition console. So on the console, customers can use a search bar to easily check whether their label is already supported or not. And using the same interface, customers can request new labels that they would like recognition to support or provide any other product feedback. So this one's really interesting. So if you want a full list of all the possible labels that are supported by recognition, you can now see that in the docs or in the console. Amazon Lex has launched support for Indian English. So they've now added support for conversational interfaces built on Amazon Lex using Indian English. Kendra has released Principal Store for Secure Search. Uh, so when a user searches for content, organizations want to only show content that the user has access to. In order to enable this, they've launched Kendra Principal Store. So customers can easily store user and group mapping information in Kendra's Principal Store, which enables customers to filter search results by only providing a user ID at the time of search. For example, customers can use the Principal Store to store user and group information from their enterprise identity provider and or content data sources in order to enable Kendra to automatically filter search results based on the combined user group mappings. Amazon Lex is announcing tooling to migrate bots from Lex V1 console to Lex V2 console. So this means you can get onto the V2 API, which makes it much easier for bot developers to add new languages to a bot and also to deliver natural conversation experiences such as wait and continue. And so this tooling makes it much easier to move the old to the new. AWS Deep Racer announces Deep Racer Live Races. So what this means is racers from anywhere in the world can compete with each other virtually and in real time from within the AWS Deep Racer console, while colleagues, friends, and families watch a live broadcast of the event online, previously only available to qualifiers in the AWS Deep Racer League's monthly Pro Division finale. This new live event option for community races gives every participant a chance to post fastest lap time or manually managing their agent's speed with the Adibus Deep Racer simulation. It's pretty cool. Amazon SageMaker Pipeline has introduced an automatic hyperparameter tuning step. Now, Amazon SageMaker Pipelines is the first purpose-built continuous integration and continuous delivery service for machine learning. And it's now integrated with SageMaker's automatic model tuning capability. So you can now add the model tuning step funnily enough, called Tuning Step, in their SageMaker mm -hmm. pipeline, which will automatically involve a hyperparameter tuning job. The hyperparameter tuning finds the best version of a model by running many training jobs on the data set using the algorithm and the ranges of hyperparameters specified by the customer. They can then register the best version of the model into the model registry using the register model step. And finally, AWS Solutions has updated the Discovering Hot Topics Using Machine Learning, which is an AWS Solutions implementation that ingests text, image, and video. Video is an upcoming feature from online discourse in order to perform topic modeling, sentiment analysis on plain text, and text embedded within images, as well as detection of unsafe content in images. 
This updated version adds the additional capability to ingest RSS news feeds on topics like news, technology, travel, from many more, from around 4,000 websites across the world in different languages. And it now also simultaneously processes feeds from different sources to derive inferences and has a brand new version of the Amazon QuickSight dashboard, which gives you a new filter and new options in terms of search and ingestion selections. That's really cool. Uh, moving on to the topic of management and governance, you can now easily enable AWS config recording and deploy conformance packs across your organization using Quick Setup. So AWS Systems Manager Quick Setup has announced support for AWS Config, which allows you to enable config recording and deploy conformance packs across all of the accounts and regions in your org with just a few clicks. Quick Setup also lets you customize the types of resources to record and conformance packs to deploy for different groups of organizational units. Once you enable recording, Config will continuously detect and record any changes for the types of resources relevant to you. Conformance packs are collections of config rules and remediation actions that can be deployed as a single entity to perform governance checks. Quick Setup automates the process of enabling recording for all or selected resource types across one or more organizational units in your organization. And similarly, you can select the compliance frameworks and operational best practices relevant to your organization and deploy those as conformance packs across all accounts and regions. Love this next one. CloudFormation now supports more stacks per AWS account. So they've increased the limits on the default number of stacks allowed per AWS account. So it was previously 200 and is now 2,000. You can create 2,000 CloudFormation stacks per AWS account. Small but really powerful update. That's 10 times, uh, you can 10 now, times more stacking. <laughs> yeah, I love that one because I've definitely hit that limit before. So. Um, you know, sometimes you just have nested stacks, which yeah. counts as a stack. So. Yeah, absolutely. You can now mark individual best practices as not applicable within the AWS well-architected tool. So the well-architected tool now offers the ability for customers and partners to mark individual best practices as not applicable during their workload review. There are instances where customers and partners might not need to measure a workload against a specific best practice due to factors such as business needs or organizational maturity. The well-architected tool now provides a way to mark those as not applicable and record why they do not apply. Customers and partners can also mark best practices as not applicable using the well-architected API. And lastly, for this category, you can now view inventory and patch compliance of stopped instances using AWS Systems Manager. So to get started, you basically just go to the fleet manager in the Systems Manager console, and you can view stopped instances, including inventory and patch compliance based on the last known state. You can also filter the instances to view only running instances using the instance status property. Moving on to the topic of networking and content delivery, Amazon CloudFront now supports ECDSA certificates for HTTPS connections to viewers. So this is the elliptical curve digital signature algorithm, P256 certificates, and these are used to negotiate the HTTPS connections between your viewers and Amazon CloudFront. This is a security improvement, which is great. Onto the topic of robotics, AWS Robomaker WorldForge now supports adding doors to indoor residential simulation worlds. Got to think of everything when doing uh, simulations. So AWS Robomaker WorldForge is a capability that makes it easier, faster, and simpler to create multiple virtual 3D worlds. And now you can have doors. 
Uh, we always wanted doors, and you can have doors. And you can use doors to connect rooms in the same floor. There are indoor residential simulation to test robot behaviors like navigating through doors and avoiding closed doors. Robot developers can specify the initial angle doors are open in order to test their robot behaviors in a variety of simulated scenarios. As much as I'm having a chuckle about this, this would have been a nightmare to test. So uh, I'm impressed. That sounds so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Really cool update. Moving on to the topic of security, identity, and compliance, another security update in regards to ECDSA. The certificate manager has provided expanded usage of the imported ECDSA and RSA certificates. So now allows you to import your SSL or TLS X509 certificates of additional key types and key sizes, including the elliptic curve digital signature algorithm and, of course, the RSA 3072 and 4096 keys and bind them with integrated services like CloudFront and Application Load Balancer. Previously, you could use IAM to import and use these cert types as ACM only supported usage of imported RSA 1024, RSA 2048 key certificates. Moving on to the topic of solutions, we're happy to introduce the AWS Edit in the Cloud. This is a solutions implementation that helps the content creator build a virtual editing environment on AWS which means your editors and creative professionals can work from anywhere in the world using only a laptop with a high-speed connection. Sounds a bit like my life at the moment. The solution is built on a combination of, uh, of EC2. In fact, it uses the Amazon G4DN instance type for Windows Server 2019 with TerraDC Cloud Access software and NVIDIA T4 GPU drivers for running your non-linear editor software of choice. It uses the AWS directory service for authentication and Amazon FSx for Windows file server to store and access that information. Moving on to the topic of storage, we've announced the general availability of Amazon EBS IO2 block express volumes. So the IO2 block express volumes deliver up to four times higher throughput IOPS and capacity than IO2 volumes and are designed to deliver sub-millisecond latency. That's insane. And 99.999% durability. So that was five nines of durability. IO2 Block Express refers to IO2 volumes running on the EBS Block Express architecture and supports standard IO2 features such as multi-attach and elastic volumes. IO2 Block Express volumes are available first with Amazon EC2 R5B instances, which deliver the highest EBS-optimized performance with support for other instances coming soon. Using R5B instances, customers can now provision a single IO2 volume with up to 256,000 IOPS, 4,000 megabytes per second of throughput and storage capacity of 64 terabytes. That is this makes IO2 big numbers. <laughs> I just have to pause and just... I know, just, those are all to, big numbers. We need to bask in the glory of, of those numbers because I remember when you know customers used to work with me would sit down and, and stripe multiple EBS volumes to hit IOPS numbers, et cetera. And now that you've got that honking great piece of storage with all that performance, it's, it's pretty amazing. With five nines of durability yeah, too. Yeah. Like, and did I mention the sub-millisecond latency? I mean, yeah. If I didn't stress that, let me say it again. Sub-millisecond latency. Uh, yeah, so you can definitely take advantage of that with the R5B instances with more instance support coming soon. So definitely check that out because that was insane numbers. The Amazon Data Lifecycle Manager has launched a new console experience, which makes it easier for you to create, modify, and manage your DLM policies. The new console allows you to create policies and modify existing policies in a more streamlined manner and provides you more information and easier access to additional resources. So that's a really great new console experience. And lastly, 
there is a new solutions implementation called Simple File Manager for Amazon EFS. Uh, this solution is a serverless solution that provides a user interface for managing data in your EFS file system. Deploying the solution allows you to seamlessly browse any EFS file system in your AWS account and upload, download, or delete data from virtually any device without the need to set up or maintain any dedicated EC2 or networking infrastructure. As an example, you can use this solution to upload large machine learning model files to an EFS file system that is used by an AWS Lambda function for machine learning inference. Super cool. Very nifty. And finally, the topic of training and certification. AWS announces a new AWS training partner program. The ATP program enables AWS customers to work with a single trusted partner who can offer, deliver, and or resell official AWS authored training. All AWS training partners are selected based on their quality and experience in providing training, and they must continually meet or exceed rigorous criteria to maintain their status in the program. AWS training partners provide choice and convenience for AWS customers with flexible training options and local presence, which is really important. You can select a partner with the AWS Partner Solutions Finder based on location, tier, customer references, AWS certifications, and more. And AWS training partners can meet your organization's needs for instructor-led training and or digital training. And they're equipped with an understanding of local markets and can deliver and or resell training for your team in its preferred languages. And what this means is we now have a presence in over 78 countries, which gives you much more flexibility in terms of your training. So, Nikki, we covered a fair bit, and uh, I think yeah. the audio was okay. <laughs> so I hope so. Through. I mean, I did have a little bit of feedback on my end, so hopefully no one else experienced well, it. But. We'll do what we can. How, how do people either get to complain to you or compliment the audio quality? <laughs> I, I want all of the complaints yeah, <laughs> and the compliments to too. Send them all to me. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is knee like your knee and a key 23. So that's K-N-E-E-K-E-Y 23. Send me all of your complaints. You know, if you want to throw in a compliment there too, we'll take that as well. But if you have complaints, definitely you can send them my way. Oh, if you want to share feedback, AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the old school email way to go. And of course, you can also record audio feedback for us as well. Would you love to get that and listen to it and share it with listeners as well if you if you want that as well, which is pretty cool. Um, Nikki, thanks for joining me. Hopefully next time we'll be in the studio again. Yes. Hopefully next time you won't be under lockdown. <laughs> exactly. And thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, keep on building.